0: Hello everybody. Welcome to another Flop House Mini. That's right, this is the Flop House podcast. But today we're not talking about one bad movie and then Dan tells us why he liked it and it made him cry. Instead, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things that are all the things we want to talk about. My name is Elliot Kalen, and joining me are my two co-hosts. Uh Dan
1: McCoy. Emotions are not something to shame, Elliot. Uh, and
0: Stuart Wellington, I don't have anything else to add. I thought Elliot's was perfect. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate it. I want to mention before we get into the main body of the episode that today, the day this episode is released, if you're one of those Flophouse diehards who listens to the episodes the moment they drop, that today, Saturday, August 5th, tonight, we will be performing the first ever episode of Flop TV, our streaming television version of this Flophouse podcast. This is a kind of streamlined visual in your face podcast, TV. Program thing that's a <laughs> like think watching you're at the flop probably house. Probably overselling.
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's know the how. Most
0: amazing thing in the world: secrets of the pyramids revealed. We will cure scrofula if you have it. And so that is tonight. Uh, it is nine p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Pacific. Tickets are available at theflophouse.simpletix.com. We're going to be talking about Beastmaster Two through the portal of time. It's an exciting movie. It has a portal of time and a Beastmaster in the same movie. And hey, if you can't make the show tonight. Don't worry. If you buy a ticket, you have access to a recording of the show for two weeks, the exact amount of time that Arnold Schwarzenegger says he's going to be on Mars when he's trying to sneak onto Mars in Total Recall, two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's theflophouse.simpletix.com. Join us tonight as Dan Stewart and I will be talking Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. I'm going to be doing an original PowerPoint presentation. We're going to answer a couple questions from, uh, from viewers. It's going to be a lot of fun, but you can watch it for two weeks afterwards if you buy a ticket. Season passes are, of course, available for our whole Flop TV season. Guys, do you have anything to add before we get to the main body of this mini? Uh,
1: I just want to add that while there are visual elements, that presentation there's some nice little video uh, uh, clips uh-huh. uh, interspersed in. I would I wouldn't call it particularly visual or in your face. I don't want to set mm, them up for people. Okay, as
0: un, I, you're right. We should make our expectation. Our basic Flop House waiver is. Lower those standards. Take those standards mm-hmm. and take them down low, 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 low. They hit mm-hmm. the floor. Those standards yep. mm-hmm. and the standards uh-huh. will also cool. be wearing boots with the fur and so forth.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Okay. So Elliot said his piece. Diana said his. I guess. Uh, what do I have to add? Uh, let's see. Well, guys, I. I did. I did some really heavy weightlifting yesterday,
0: so my brain's I don't a little fried. Think that's
1: pertinent to the current <laughs> Wait, so moment. When you but.
0: is it one of those things like like when you know when you pick up something heavy and you can feel your face tightening? Yes. Like is it like that where you pulled something heavy and your brain had to give a little bit of extra oomph to get it to get yes. you lift it?
2: Yeah, the, the mind-muscle connection, Elliot, exactly. Oh, and someday mind- we'll yeah. find
0: it, the mind-muscle connection. Uh, my
1: uh, yoga teacher, I was making a face, and she says, does that face help you <laughs> do this? in my head, I'm, wow. I'm like, yeah, kind of, a little bit. Wow. <laughs>
0: no, I mean, she's getting her ass off. All- <laughs> your yoga teacher said, does your face hurt? Because it's killing me. <laughs> Boom.
1: Get her on no, the was- podcast.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know,
1: it, it, it's true. You're, you're supposed to relax and breathe. You're not supposed to clinch up. But anyway, Elliot, I believe you're in the middle of introducing the show proper. Yes.
0: Now, I am the captain of this episode, and I am going to steer the ship. So let's see what happens. As everyone knows, a few weeks ago saw the release of one of the most miraculously mismatched movie pairings in one weekend of recent times, Barbie and Oppenheimer. One film was the story of one of man's most physically and emotionally traumatizing inventions, and the other was about the atomic bomb.
3: You knew (laughs)
2: where it (laughs) was going.
0: You knew where it was going. You saw it a mile away. The internet went crazy over this idea that two movies could be released on the same day, and there were all these articles online, one by our old pal Matt Singer. About how about other weekends in the past when two classic movies or big movies were both released, like for instance in 1984 when Gremlins and Ghostbusters came out the same weekend, a big weekend for the letter G, a very important weekend for the letter G uh, and adolescent. Mm-hmm. And comedy. for the letter E-K, Elliot Galen. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. I mean, and the, I was about, uh, I think it was, what, summer 84? So I think I was two and a half years old at the time. But you mm. better believe if I had been old enough Eventually. to go to movies, I would have gone. Eventually, both of those movies played a very important part to me. But we're not going to be talking about Gremlins and Ghostbusters anymore on this episode. Because here's the thing. In the 1980s, so many movies were being released that multiple movies usually came out on the same day. And if anything, being shocked at two big movies coming out on the same day is – More than anything, an indictment of how few movies are released to theaters currently and their tragic lack of variety. It's a serious issue, which I thought we'd explore in a fun way with a game I'm calling Watch Witch. Welcome to Watch Witch, everybody. It's a new game (laughs) you guys are going to play. Watch Witch is brought to you by John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich. Whether acting as first lord of the Admiralty, plenipotentiary to the Congress of Brita, or member of the Hellfire Club, there's more to the fourth Earl of Sandwich than just inventing the sandwich. Learn about him, won't you? What was his mutant power? Uh, his mutant power was uh, the invention of foods. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. He could combine foods in ways that had never been done before. It's the same mutant power seen in the movie Ratatouille, for instance, and uh, and in kitchens Wait, everywhere. You guys, know. am I a mutant? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe
2: not as good a power to use against the X-Men, but probably better just in life and in the mm-hmm. world.
0: I mean, when you look at the actual Hellfire Club the in the comics, not the actual Hellfire Club that John Montague was a member of, but the comic book one. Their powers didn't really help them that much against the X-Men. Wolverine alone took out most of them in the classic Dark Phoenix story. Uh, so if the if John Montague be like, hey, X-Men, eat this, eat this, eat this. Now they're all sluggish. Their bellies are full. They can't mm-hmm. fight that well, because they, and they'd throw up because they're sick from fighting and eating at the same time. I think he could take those X-Men down.
2: Mm-hmm. But they all had cool
0: outfits, right? They dressed old timey, like <laughs> old timey I mean, well, He jerks. dressed old timey because it was old timey times. It was the actual 18th century, so that's why uh, he dressed okay. that way. Okay. okay. What was uh, their goal?
1: Were they just kind of generally like like they just did bad things, or was this? world like,
0: domination? World
1: domination, dude. Okay. Yeah, because it always felt kind of like that. Maybe this was like a sex club that then on well, the side. Well, it is also a sex club. Villainy. based on the outfits. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: here, here's the thing. So it seems unrealistic that these characters who are already rich powerful, and able to pull the levers of politics, commerce, everything from the shadows, it feels strange to believe that there's anything more that they would want and that they would go out of their way to cause trouble for themselves by calling attention to themselves. And yet, as we've seen, it's what rich people do every day. There's no <laughs> amount of rich yeah. or power that you can have that doesn't that you don't want credit for. And it, le- it maybe it leads you to try to hypnotize the phoenix and thus unleash planet-destroying power. Maybe it leads you to spend $44 billion on a- <laughs> <laughs> perfectly fine social media platform and then take everything that people liked about it and remove it.
1: Destroy its only conceivable value, its uh, branding as a thing people know, and replace it with the letter X. A, but I think it's so a, funny letter, if- a letter that indicates don't don't go in there.
0: Yeah, a, the, the thing that I think is so funny is about I mean, look, turns out Elon Musk is the real X-Man. Oh, <laughs> What? The, oh. The, uh, the, the funny thing I think about it is they're like, it's called X now. X is the everything platform. It's not Twitter, it's X. You don't tweet, they're X's, but you still go to Twitter.com to get to X. Like there's no like if you're gonna use <laughs> that if it's not an app, then you're still you're not going to X.com, you know, uh, which I assume is the website of the X games. Do not write in and tell me what it actually is. Anyway, so yeah. here's the game we're gonna play. It's called okay. Watch Which. So in this game, I'm going to take you back to a few historic weekends in the 1980s when moviegoers had a tough choice to make about what new movie to watch. I'm going to assign a scenario about a date and time when these movies are coming out, and each of you will be assigned a movie. Or actually, you'll pick a movie that you'll have mm. to convince me, the third member of the party, to watch rather than your opponent's movie. Now, okay. we'll be taking turns with our opening statements and our rebuttals. For each one, you get an opening statement and a rebuttal, and then it can turn into an argument. That's fine. It's not a real debate. And you'll sure. also take turns <laughs> picking which movie you want to champion. Now, mm. here's the thing. This is the 1980s, before the internet was around to tell us everything we'd wanna know about a movie before we saw it. So you're gonna to have to make your argument based only on the poster for the movie and any information you could reasonably glean from the trailer. And we are not expert movie buffs in this. Okay. We are merely ordinary people out for a night of fun at the movies. Okay, so do you guys feel ready for this? Okay.
2: Sure. <laughs> so we're just like normal moviegoers, right? We're not yes, like – Yes, you are normal al- moviegoers. Elite moviegoers mm-hmm. like Dan over here or uh, – Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My Our friend John who sees every movie like we have to
1: – That's that's the way I think of myself as an elite <laughs> moviegoer. An elite
0: level. I mean you do see every movie. My- you see all of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that makes me elite, (laughs) 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 my sedentary, movie-centered lifestyle. Mm -hmm.
0: You're one of those damn elitists that are making things hard for normal, everyday, salt-of-the-earth moviegoers by ruining Mm -hmm. our movies. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so guys, are you ready for – there's going to be two rounds. Are you ready for the first one of round one? We're going to have two rounds in the middle. Round one, then of course our ad sponsor break, and then the rest. And I'm going to have to share my screen every now and then. This might get a little – Clumsy, so Alex, please feel free to cut out any dead air. That results Uh
2: but don't lose all the gold
0: (laughs) don't lose the gold yeah there's already been so much of it oh Mm -hmm. boy what am I doing guys Alex if
1: there's some tin in there though or some pewter you can feel free to snip that right out just take (laughs) it yeah we
0: don't need that or pyrite fool's gold Mm -hmm. it's also called yeah or Uh pyrex the uh, the -hmm. glass that that, that you can use that you make baking uh, dishes out of
1: Alex if the sound to the movie fool's gold is in this episode please cut it out because we do not have the rights to that please
0: remove it please remove it yeah we would get sued. Okay, guys. Number one, the date is July. Wait, 5th. wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. Do you think at one point when they're naming <laughs> the movie Fool's Gold, they're like, let's call this bitch Pyrite?
1: <laughs> I have to
0: assume that was the working title P-
1: Pyrites of the Caribbean. How about uh, that? That would have yeah. been pretty Actually,
0: good. Yeah. Pyrites of Penzance. Uh-huh. And uh, they were like, nobody knows what pyrite is. We'll call it fool's gold. And the writers were like, grumble, grumble, grumble. And the I'm taking like, my name off of this. We're geniuses. And then the movie, mm-hmm. I don't know how it did. Maybe it was a big hit. I, I don't guess think if you
2: want to alienate our strong geologist
0: following. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there goes the chemist audience. Yeah. So, guys, here's the first scenario. The date is July 15th, 1988. And we are a team of political operatives preparing Atlanta, Georgia's Omni Coliseum for the upcoming Democratic National Convention, which starts okay. in three days. Right. We know we won't have a lot of time to watch movies once the convention starts, so we better make a good choice tonight. So do we see – and let me put up uh, – let me, let, me, let me put up uh, these posters. Do we uh-huh. see – Die Hard, starring the guy from Moonlighting, that's all we know him as, or A Fish Called Wanda, starring two guys from Monty Python, the lady from Trading Places, and one of the guys from Silverado. Now, Dan, you'll, you will get to choose first which movie are you going to say we should watch. I think I'm going to champion A Fish Called Wanda.
3: Not a surprise. Time.
0: So, Stuart, you'll be taking Die Hard. Now, remember, all we know mm-hmm. is what we've seen in the posters. Maybe we've seen a trailer, but probably not. We've been busy probably setting not. up the Democratic nope. National Convention. So, Dan – you can go first. Why are we seeing a fish called Wanda? It looks like there's a giant fish in it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm it, like, crazy about that. No,
1: that's what I'm saying. Look, it's, it's got a big, kind of sexy-looking fish that, you know, <laughs> that's sort of intriguing. I will admit, <laughs> yeah. This, this is the fish, sexiest
0: fish pre-Shape of Water, which is, of course, fish, the sexiest fish of all time.
1: Uh, this reminds me. Uh, <laughs> I got the very important note that maybe we should describe visual things when we have them. We got a lineup of, of five people
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one well, of them four giant, people and a, and a giant fish. <laughs> yeah, one of them Thank is you. John
1: Cleese, one is a giant fish lady, one is Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, and of course, Michael Palin. And uh, they are at, it's a police lineup, so this fish has committed some sort of crime. I want to know <laughs> what kind of crime a sexy lady fish uh committed. Also, Kevin Klein, we all love him from Pyrites of Penzance. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yep. there's that. Uh, Michael Palin seems to have been uh, beaten up maybe by the fish. Who, who doesn't want to see mm-hmm. that? <laughs> so and, you're really uh, leaning hard on the fish,
0: which I understand. The well, titular character. Well, you know, character. I mean,
1: you know, John Cleese also, uh, you know, obviously hilarious. Remember, we're saying this in the past where mm-hmm. John Cleese hasn't proved himself to be an irritant on Twitter. is <laughs> just a beloved figure in the comedy
0: world. Uh, and— uh, Now, keep in mind, we're not— we're not comedy snobs like in real life. We are three political operatives
1: in the I'm Atlanta just saying, area. Yeah, but if we we're political operatives setting up for the Democratic National Convention, maybe we don't like what John Cleese has been saying today in
0: 2023. But we don't, so, but we don't know anything about that. That's my Dana. point. What are you arguing know, I'm, against? I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm we saying don't we might know not that. Even be, <laughs> we might not even be aware of John Cleese's past work. You can't. You might be aware. What are you talking about? <laughs> you can't say that. That's fair. Okay, well, you've, you've, utter, made a, utter fabrication. you've made a strong argument that we should see what this sexy fish lady did. Maybe she beat up Michael Palin. Uh, Stuart, okay, take this other movie, Die Hard. Now, this is the guy from <sighs> sure. Moonlighting. There's a lot of yep. text on this poster, and yeah, there's I don't a know ton if I want to read. Is, the, I want well, to see a movie.
2: The text is very helpful, I think, in this case, because if you see, the movie is called Die Hard, and it stars Bruce Willis, as you mentioned, is from uh, Moonlighting. Uh, he appears to be much larger than an exploding (laughs) building that he is uh, standing next to. And he (laughs) is shocked.
0: From this this poster, I'm assuming that he's a giant man who maybe accidentally bumped into this building and is like, oh, what did I do?
2: So this picture, this poster is in black and white except for the title. Very cool. Looks like a war metal album cover, an album that probably is made by dudes with sketchy politics. Now, Bruce Willis's head takes up a large chunk of the poster, and then next to his head is the what we will later find out is the Nakatomi Plaza building, which which has uh, police spotlights on it, and the roof of this building is, is exploding. Ellie, why aren't you
1: taking him to task for bringing that I
2: in? I was
0: just about to. I was huh? waiting for his sentence to finish. Two okay. things. One, we don't know it's Nakatomi Plaza. We don't know what this building is. And two, we don't know that those are police searchlights. Those could be movie premiere searchlights or to be honest those could be tentacles coming out of the building we don't know because we haven't seen the movie uh, okay so
2: uh it appears that the uh, the the roof of the building is exploding or
0: maybe that's like a blob it's really hard <laughs> it's to
3: tell ejaculating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It could be a movie about an ejaculating movie, about an ejaculating movie, about it does, an ejaculating I, building. It
2: does feel a little bit like when they designed this poster, they're already like, let's make it easy for somebody to make a porno version of this movie poster. <laughs> and what would that, what would that be called? Uh, I mean, I feel like it would... You don't have to change GFH the name. H- it would be hard. Die Hard On, I think, or something yeah, like that's, that. Yeah, you could say Die Hard On or Dick Hard. Yeah, Guy short, Hard? Mm-hmm. Guy Hard is good, yeah. Guy Hard, yeah, that
0: actually that works really well. Okay, yeah. so
2: uh, let's see. Tagline up at the top, 40 it be stories. It di- that- called
0: Die Shart, and it's a very specific... <laughs> type of porno finish. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So the uh, tagline at the top, 40 stories of sheer adventure with an exclamation point. I feel like that's
1: that should be selling us already. I don't yeah. want to watch an anthology movie of 40 okay, stories. Okay, so <laughs> <Stuart. laughs> <That's
3: a good laughs> it just doesn't work. It's a good it tried it before. Yeah, but that
0: exclamation uh, point is pulling me in because you'll notice A Fish Called Wanda, the tagline is a new comedy about sex, murder, and seafood with a period at the end. That period mm-hmm. seems a little passive aggressive to me. Yes. I don't like mm-hmm.
2: that. Now, Uh, We also, as you mentioned, there's a ton of text here. It says, high above the city of L.A., a team of terrorists have seized a building, taken hostages, and declared war. Not accurate, but that's fine. (laughs) One man has managed to escape, (laughs) dot, 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 an off-duty cop hiding somewhere inside. He's alone, tired, dot, dot, dot. And the only chance
1: anyone has got. I'm glad it has two. The ellipses. only chance anyone has got. I don't know about that phrasing. <laughs> I, I mean, I just maybe a second pass. I'm, yeah, I a second pass. I'm getting so hung you've up got on a notes for this movie poster from well, 40 years ago. Almost. I also have notes about you it know clearly the, wasn't a success. A new comedy about <laughs> sex, murder, and seafood. Period. I've got some notes on that. There's no need for a period. This is not a full sentence. It's just a it's a tagline, and it's not a sentence. So don't and put period And every word there. except
0: "and," the first letter is capitalized. Also, and
1: you know what? There's no Oxford comma. And if anything you should have an Oxford comma, it's uh, I mean, maybe I guess John Cleese was in the Cambridge foot, Footlight, so he was against the Oxford comma because they were mm-hmm. uh, he liked the, the Cambridge rivals.
0: he liked the Cambridge period, which you put <laughs> yeah, at the end of non sentences. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you guys have both made well, Stuart, you didn't really make too much of an argument. I mean, you yeah. described the poster in great detail, but you didn't really argue in favor of it. So I'm gonna have to give I'm gonna have to give this one to Dan. We're seeing a fish called okay. Wanda, everybody. Okay, yeah. All okay. right. And we are gonna laugh our way to defeat in the nineteen eighty-eight presidential election. So
3: mm. oh, guys, that's too bad.
0: How did uh did Fish Called Wanda? That got uh, got some Oscar noms, right? Is that Mondale? That was, uh, 88 well, was Mondale. Well, no, no, it, uh, 84 was Mondale. 88 was Dukakis versus okay. Bush. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I, it, there was, a, it, well, he, Kevin Klein won the Oscar for Fish Gold Wanda. For Best
0: Supporting, best supporting Fish. Yeah. yeah. And
2: uh, he was up against Alan Rickman, right? From Die Hard. <laughs> we can only assume. <laughs> we can only assume.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can only assume. All right, guys. Now we've got uh, six more scenarios. So I guess I got to speed things up. This is our hmm. second scenario. The date is December 13th, 1985. Only two days earlier, a bomb sent by a mysterious figure who is starting to be known as the Unabomber took the life of an innocent victim. We are three investigators on the case who have already run out of leads and have decided to see a movie in the hopes that it inspires some— Are we Alfred
1: Hitchcock's three investigators?
0: We are not. We are (laughs) real police detectives involved in a real case, and I am, if anything, disgusted at your your, (laughs) your making light of it.
1: Pete and uh, Pete Crenshaw and whoever the third one was. I've never
0: been familiar with these characters. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, okay, so we need some new leads on the case. So, do we go to, which movie are we going to see? Jewel of the Nile or A Chorus Line, the movie? (laughs) Both came out the same weekend, December 13th, 1985. So wait, hold on. I, so Stewart gets to choose want, which no, movie he's going to. He's going to. He's going to champion. Is it going to be Jewel of the Nile or A Chorus Line? The movie.
1: I understand that Stuart gets the choice, but I just want to clarify. Yes. So part of our part of our desire is to <laughs> perhaps pick up some clues about the bombing just, by watching,
0: not necessarily or, clues, but just open up new new angles of thinking in our minds. So you know? we're
1: doing. We're get, like this is kind of an Agent Dale Cooper style of uh, you know doing. Law enforcement where yes, you know, just yes. freeing your mind helps you. Okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Free your mind and the rest will follow. The rest being mm-hmm. clues.
2: Uh, I'm going to select a chorus line, the movie.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And so, Dan,
0: you'll be, you'll be uh, championing the Jewel of the Nile. So, Stuart, you yeah. started us off. What, what do you, what, why are we seeing a chorus line, the movie? And Again, you, you only know what you've seen from the poster or what a person could reasonably understand. It's, oh, you can okay. know that this is based on a Broadway musical.
2: So, uh, let's describe this poster. It's a giant uh, white background, and we have a bunch of dancers in gold outfits really having the time of their lives. It's amazing. They're loving it. Uh, And above it, it reads, A
1: Chorus Line,
2: and the title is Inside the O of the Movie. (laughs) Yeah,
1: which is way bigger than the actual title of the film. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so it looks a little bit like a chorus line is on the bass drum of a drum set being played by the words the movie and also made up of the words the movie. It does look yes. like the title is The Movie, A Chorus Line, which is weird.
2: If, yes. Uh, if somebody was throwing together a poster for an event at like my, one of my bars and they use this kind of uh, placement of letters, I would tell them to try again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but...
0: That said, Now, remember, you are arguing in favor of this movie.
2: (laughs) That said, the chaos of both the placement of dancers and the lettering scheme makes me think that this would be a great chance for us to see the organized chaos of a filmed Broadway production. And maybe that will help us
0: solve the crime that we are trying to put the pieces together. Okay, interesting. It definitely looks like we're going to see something that will shake us up. You know? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, but Dan, the Jewel of the Nile, let's take a look at this, Dan. This uh, could also shake us up. What well, Tell us about the poster, and also, what does your investigator in 1985, what does he know about the Jewel of the Nile's well, backstory?
1: Was, here we go. So. Better than the first one. We got our three stars. <laughs> They're name by name on the poster, and we see them. Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, and Danny DeVito uh, are, are friends from Romancing the Stone. And Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito's in Romancing the Stone. He is? Yeah. Yeah. Who's you he playing go, that? He's like the same character, the comic villain. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's I totally like forgot he was chasing in it. Them around. Oh wow, watch it again. That. It's it's good. Uh, yeah. Um, so Kathleen Turner is uh, swinging on a rope. You know what? Through. You know why I didn't
0: think Danny DeVito was in it? I was thinking of the movie Twins, which does not have Danny DeVito in it. <sighs>
1: Oh
2: man, oh, I hate God. to break it to you, buddy. Oh no, you're right. I was thinking of the movie Renaissance Man, which one. does
0: not have Danny DeVito in it. Yeah, yeah. Jackie, but Jackie Chan's at all. Do guys, do you know I have a rare eyesight problem where I see Danny DeVito and Jackie Chan as, as the same people, but yeah. flipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Kathy you know, Ch- you, know oh, man. you know who I mean, does when flips? Jackie Chan, <laughs> Danny DeVito. You mean in Drunken Master? Have you seen Danny DeVito in Drunken oh, Master? No. Amazing. Uh, uh, what let a me, super let cop. Me, let me describe
1: this book. So we got. Uh, Uh, Kathleen Turner is swinging in through uh, sort of a Middle Eastern-looking opening of some kind with, like, (laughs) columns and such. Uh, And uh, she's wearing, you know, uh, a a nice dress, showing off her gams. We got Michael Douglas.
0: You you should mention she does not have shoes on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: Michael Douglas is also swinging in, I guess, like, clutching her stuff. Her stomach. I think it's there. the same rope.
0: I think they're on the same. Yeah, rope. it's hard. But he to, does uh, have shoes on. He is wearing <laughs> shoes. <laughs> well, he's he got, got sneakers on over
1: here, along with uh, mm-hmm. a white suit that looks very much like the one he danced in in *Romancing the Stone*. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, well, like then, he was, he
0: showed up. He showed up at a costume party dressed as Tom Wolf in sneakers. Yeah. And uh and Danny not, DeVito. Te- not Tom Wolf in the movie sneakers. In the Tom movie Wolf say, the author is, does not Tom in Wolf that. was in
2: sneakers. No, no, is
0: but he doesn't but he's wearing sneakers because Tom Wolf, the author, did not usually wear sneakers, as far as I could tell. Do you and you know and he is sorry, let me just <laughs> – he is clutching Danny DeVito like
1: a piece of luggage. Uh <laughs> yeah. Who is looking up at them like, oh, and he's wearing uh, like a turban and there's a bunch of, uh, you know, people in camels and stuff in the background. So, so
0: Michael Douglas is either pulling Danny DeVito by the back of his pants or his hand is just shoved into Danny DeVito's butt and is using mm-hmm. that as a handle.
1: And the, the tagline says, they're back again, romancing in italics. So you know that that's important. A brand new stone also in italics. Remember. Romancing the Stone. And that's what I would ask you guys to do. If we're getting, you know, we gotta go see a movie that's gonna really just reset our brains. We've been our, our sure, thinking about yeah. this uh case has gotten too uptight. Uh-huh. We just gotta go and have a shot of pure joy. And I can only assume <laughs> that a sequel to such a great film as Romancing the Stone would be just as good and enjoyable and not at all just like a weird. <laughs> cash-in that seems like it was maybe written as it was being made and not with a good idea. Like, we got to go see something fun, like Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile. That's what I say.
0: All right, strong, so I'm going to give you a- Strong pitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's a solid pitch. You're, you're you're really throwing us back to our knowledge of the original. Uh, and But, Stuart, on the other hand, a chorus line, you gave a good, uh, more kind of thematic, kind of a contextual, you know, psychic energy you, yeah. uh, way of looking at it. Um, you know what? I think we've been on this case. We need we need to just we need to see something that takes our minds off of it. So yeah, let's go see Jewel of the Nile. Dan, if this isn't the funniest movie I ever I've ever seen, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad at you. But I know it's going to be hilarious. Guys, I right? guarantee
1: it. It's going to
0: be great. <laughs> All right. So, let's go to the third scenario and Dan has already taken an early lead. This is quite amazing. Usually in these games I rig them so that Dan doesn't do as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yet, this time, Somehow, it seems to be. He's already pulled ahead. <laughs> uh, so now we we go to uh, our third scenario. Okay. The date is – let's say – you know what, guys? We, we're we're gonna, still going to be three professionals, but we're no longer in the criminal industry. The oh, date okay. is March 29th, 1985. It's, still nine, it's 1985 again, but earlier in the year. We are three stadium audiovisual consultants who have just returned okay. from the opening week of Expo 85, the World's Fair held in Tsukubo, uh, Tsukuba, Japan, where we've caught our first sight of Sony's new Jumbotron TV screen. We know this could potentially revolutionize the industry. Stuart has an idea for something he calls a kiss cam, and Dan has an idea for Mm -hmm. something he calls a wife's butt cam. Who Mm -hmm. knows which one will become a standby of of sports stadiums in the future? (laughs) Curious to see how traditional movie projection compares with the video wall technology of the Jumbotron, we head straight to the local movie theater, intending to catch the re-release of Return of the Jedi. They re-released it two years later after its original release. But bad news, it is sold out. Our only choices at this three-screen pre-multiplex theater. Well, guys, here are your options. Are we going to see either the Care Bears movie or Police (laughs) Academy 2, their first assignment? Oh, man, double (laughs) feat. So, Dan, you get to choose first. Are you going to be championing the Care Bears movie or Police Academy 2, their first assignment?
1: So wait, we're we're setting
0: up a sound system and no, not and, sa- no, not sound oh. system, sir, not sound system. We we are thinking about vi- there is an audio component, but we have just uh-huh. seen the jumbotron. This oh, is right, this right, is going right. to change the way we project video in large spaces, and so we gotta we, we want to see. Well, maybe a movie projector is the better way to go. The jumbotron is untested technology. It's basically just a big TV. So. Which would show off the 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 sights and sounds we want to best test the Care Bears movie or Police Academy Two, their first assignment? And Dan, you uh, get to choose.
1: You know what? I'm going to zag and choose the Care Bears movie in this case. Okay.
0: And so, Stuart, you will be uh, you will <laughs> you will be championing Police Academy Two, two <laughs> movies that were released on March 29th, 1985, together. I'll mention, Dan, you've got a little bit of a leg up, if only because this Care Bears movie poster we're looking at did hang in the basement playroom of my house growing up. And so I remember almost nothing about the movie, but I remember this poster well because it was in my house. So you've got a nostalgia factor right there. And again, though, my character, the guy who installs uh, projection technology in stadiums has not seen this movie, did not have it growing up in his house. You know, he's a grown, he's an adult in 1985.
2: That's where they introduced the non- Bear Care Bears, right? Yes,
0: as you can see in the on the oh, poster, yeah. it says introducing the Care Bear cousins because they felt limited by the idea of bears. And they're really asking, what is a bear? Could a bear yeah. be any animal? Because inside all of us are two bears. Mm-hmm. Say it mm-hmm. like Werner Herzog. <laughs> in, inside each of us are two bears, only one of which cares. Mm.
1: Uh, okay, well, let me – I want to first off again sort of describe this poster quickly. Yeah, please do. Uh, a bunch of the Care Bears. And I guess the Care Bear cousins, I'm assuming, are the, the things that aren't bears on
3: here. We can only wow.
1: assume. We haven't wow. seen the movie. We, can we assume. Realize, That's my guess. Didn't we like,
2: realize we entered Sherlock's mind palace.
3: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunny on there and a little uh, elephant, uh, uh, Timothy Elephant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so
0: they're- How amazing they're, would it be if that character's name was Timothy Elephant?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're writing a- uh, A big sailboat across the sea, it looks like. And there's an evil-looking, like, raven, maybe, flying behind. And beneath, there's, like, what I can only assume are, you know, the souls of the damned on the left. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's a book with uh, sort of an evil-looking lady who kind of looks like the... The magic mirror from Snow
0: White, yeah, and bit. She, a, a, a kind of a bald green lady with vampire teeth, just the head, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so I'm gonna argue that and men-
0: mention again, and, and an image of them being terrorized by a giant tree with a face and claws, oh, yeah. yeah. And the
1: tagline is, What happens when the world stops caring? and that's you know, that's really key because Stuart, you know, wants this <laughs> kiss can idea to get
3: mm-hmm. off
1: the uh. You know, I am trying to increase, like, the awareness of butts Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, awareness is
0: the right word. People are are not aware of butts right now.
1: These are both, you know, I think at heart, problems of caring. Mm
0: -hmm. Do we care
1: enough to kiss one another or to admire a butt? Um, And also, look, look at all those vivid, vibrant colors on, on, you know, like, do you think there's going to be anything like that in... Police Academy 2, the first assignment with the Jumbotron. We got to focus on what's colorful, colorful, what reads from a distance, like a nice cartoon character. Look, it might not be to my taste to watch a bunch of Bears running around sh- shooting <laughs> rainbows out of their stomachs. But this is what we got to do for our I'll, job.
0: I'll, Dan, I'm surprised you didn't mention the star power involved in this movie. As you can see clearly from the title, from the, from the poster down, it says, With Mickey Rooney as the voice of Mr. Cherrywood. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> of course, that indelible character. Songs by Carol King. Well, title hey. song by Carol King. Oh, t- yeah. just the Other title songs song. by John Sebastian.
1: Okay. And I got to know what these Care Bear cousins are all about. <laughs> I just got to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, wow, so Stuart, that's, Stewart, that's a strong competition. A strong right argument there. for the Care Bears movie. Stu, what about Police Academy 2, their first assignment? I know first I'm already off. wondering. I'm like <laughs> Police Academy 2, their first assignment, but this is the second Police Academy movie. Stuart, sell this movie to me.
2: That's the thing. So you can only assume that having attended the police academy, it's time for them to go out into the mean streets and the poster. Indicates this. We have a jumble of bodies. They are smashed on top of each other. They are some kind of Wait, crazy now, what, what, amalgam that, of that man, like, limb faces. It, it sounds like you're
0: describing Guernica by Pablo it's the Picasso. End of is that what is? It
3: looks
2: like what happens when you throw that dust, the dust of Ibn Ghazi, on <laughs> Wilbur <laughs> Waitley's brother. Thanks for thanks for putting that in
0: layman's terms. Yeah. I appreciate that you really cleared a it up. I definitely understand. That's what happens.
2: That's a, that's what it looks like. The Dunwich Horror is what I'm trying to say. So oh, okay. Um, so right up at the top we have text, uh, a bunch of text, and it says "Watch out," which I think you guys should you should really understand. We should watch out and see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a bunch of text underneath that. I can't read it. My, maybe my eyes so are going. Maybe God, it's you a I mean? so clean up. Yeah, you they've do got it.
0: they've got to clean up the worst crime district in the world. But that's no problem. They're the worst police force in the universe. And universe is capitalized. Just the U. It's Interesting. The, they're referring to it by name. Is the universe going to show up in the movie? Maybe. So
2: we see all of our friends from the first police academy. There's also a pair of eyes peering out of a manhole. Don't even know what that means, but and that there's, looks and great. And there's
0: a word balloon coming out of the manhole that says, "And hey, be careful out there." Now <laughs> this, you, it may be. Hard this to has see. got to be. There's <laughs> I'm eyes. Sorry. There's eyes all over. There's eyes looking out of a mailbox, <laughs> eyes looking out of doorways. There's eyes everywhere. But Dan, you were saying there's got to be what?
1: I mean, this has got, got to be some sort of late addition to this poster. <laughs> These <laughs> eyes like look so tacked on and the, the, the word balloon definitely, like it's a, a blue <laughs> word <laughs> balloon <laughs> with like, just typewriter letters clumsily put. It, it reminds me
0: so much. I've talked about this on the Flap House before. One of my favorite print ads of all time. The ad for, was it Bringing Down the House with Queen Latifah? Where uh, they mm-hmm. the, this was late into its run and Eugene Levy's line, you got me straight tripping boo, was the hit of America. And so they had taken the normal print ad for this movie and they put a word <laughs> balloon over Eugene Levy's head that said, you got me straight tripping boo, just to be like... This is the movie where he says it. Everybody, do not get mixed up. If you want to hear him say that, you've got to see this Don't movie. This is the this, one.
1: Question. It it really feels like this has to have been added though. Like they're like, oh, there's a bunch of cops on here. Do people are people going to know this is a comedy? Stick some eyes in a word book. Real quick, real there. quick.
2: If anyone who's listening owns the original painting of this poster, <laughs> <laughs> let us know if these were added afterwards.
0: It looks. Do you guys think this is a Drew Struzan? It might be, or it might just it, be a Struzan style. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like.
2: So it's already, I mean Struz. this looks amazing. <laughs> um esque <Struz-esque. laughs> And I don't think I don't think any other movie can promise the jumble of characters, (laughs) limbs that you and will really test the
0: limits of the experience. Look at the number of guns sticking out of that. They're all holding guns and the guns are huge. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. it really speaks to our overfunded police, how many guns are on this police academy.
2: Luckily, after this movie was released, they changed things Mm -hmm. and uh, they took all their money
0: away. Um, Okay. Now, here's something, here's a detail you guys might not have noticed is that I think it's to show that they are dumb and they're they're not following the rules. They're a normal, are enormous arrows on the street that are pointing in the opposite direction of the way that these oh, characters yeah. are walking. And it's like, what street looks like that? What street <laughs> has a huge, has huge arrows has w- pointed on
1: warning, it? Warning arrows. Sorry, neighborhood too dangerous. They're not arrows arrows. They're single arrows.
0: There's no curb. They're just going, or there's no end <laughs> of the street. They're just going right down the block all the way. Just exit this way, arrows. Yeah. It's- it's weird. But, but you know I'll what? It is a Drew Struzen poster because I see a signature on it. This Guys, poster has layers. We've got Struzen. Hit the <laughs> button. Right. We got it. We got ba ba da da? That Ghostbuster song. <laughs> ghost. We a real bad local ghost. <laughs> Clean it up the town, Drew Struzen. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Man, the whole gang's there. What, I, I, I can't believe I even have to make this argument. You look at this poster. Mm-hmm. You got to see this movie.
0: So I've you got to figure decision. out what So, happened. so far, the I'm, whole I gotta say, I'm not really sold on either of these <laughs> movies right now. So I'm going to give you guys each a, a lightning round. Okay. Uh-huh. D- uh, you've each got, I'm going to set a timer for this. Dan, you've got 10 seconds to, to tell me why we should go see uh, the uh, the Care Bears movie. Stuart, I'm going to give you 15 seconds just because, again, you haven't given me an argument so much as you've described the poster. <laughs> so, Dan, and go, 10 seconds.
1: There's a heart in the middle of their chest,
0: which is like the heart
1: that Stuart is proposing for the kiss cam. We see that heart, we kiss.
0: Time's up. We... Okay, Stuart, you got 15 seconds, and go. Uh...
2: If we want to test the limits of film and screens, we got to pack it with as many hilarious cops as possible. And that's what Police Academy 2 promises.
0: You still got one more second. Uh, okay, you're uh, done. Baba Booey. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm gonna go with Stuart. You made the point when we do these stadium screens, we're gonna need to fit a lot of people on there, so we're gonna have to see how they fit all these people onto this screen for Police Academy Two. We're seeing Police Academy Two, their first assignment. Everybody, uh, do you think?
2: Do you think that that was the 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 note to Drew Struzan was like, <laughs> hey, so you got to put all these.
0: In there, uh, probably. Uh, I mean, I, that probably was the case. It, it fit them all in there, and he goes, "Not a problem." And the, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to assume they hired Jack,
1: Jack Davis. They oh, hired sorry, Jack you-
0: Davis, and Jack Davis, he, he, he's like, "Too many characters." Oh, <laughs> and his drawing hand snapped <laughs> <Yeah>. right off. <laughs> it
1: exploded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts smoking and burst into flame. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, poor Jack Davis. That's what happened to him. Anyway, guys, we've got one more. Uh, movie matchup before we go to our break where we talk to our, about our sponsors. So let's just see it here. Okay, what's the date? Let's talk about it. The date is July 23rd, 1982. And the three of us are freshmen at the University of Hartford, Connecticut, majoring in commercial whaling. Until we learn that (laughs) earlier that day, the International Whaling Commission has declared an end to commercial whaling by 1986, right when we're scheduled to graduate. Our futures are in flux. Our careers down the toilet. So we decide to take our minds off the uncertainty of life by taking in one of the new comedies on the marquee at the theater that have come out this weekend. The marquee displays a battle of the network stars of a sort. So do we see – Zapped, starring Joni Loves Chachi star Scott Baio, or The World According to Garp, starring Mork himself, Robin Williams, as the hilariously named Garp. Is he an alien? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. With a name like Garp, it's got to be good. So, guys, so, so, so Stuart, you get to choose first. Are you going to be championing Zapped or The World According to Garp? Okay. So, I I mean, and I should mention, whichever wins, we lose. So, Stuart, uh, <laughs>
2: This one feels really easy. I think I'm going to go with the one that promises some sexy laughs. So, of course, I'm picking The World According to
1: Garf.
0: <laughs> and, uh, Dan, uh, how about you? So you, so you have Zapp. I guess I'm promoting Zapped. So, so, Stu, why don't we talk about uh, The World According to Garp? What is it that should make us see this movie? Again, we're going right off the poster, which doesn't tell us much.
2: It tells us, uh, it tells us two words that are important. Mm. John Lithgow. That's all I need to say. John Lithgow <laughs> okay. is in this movie, people. Later on, we will know him as an alien who's traveled to Earth. But that's not fair. That's not pertinent to this conversation because we don't know that yet. No, but we don't. But someday our kids will know it and we're going to think it's cool. So John Lithgow rules. And if you have an opportunity <laughs> to see him in a movie on the big screen, you got to take that shit because after a while, he's only in TV shows. And that's
1: not
0: cool. You don't want to This TV. is 1982. So we're not, we don't know any of that. <laughs> we don't know anything about the future. We're, we know that Robin. Williams is a big TV star, and uh-huh. the, just to read the text that posted, Louis- yeah, yeah,
1: no, I just like Stuart. You absolutely have to describe the world's most boring poster <laughs> for the
2: audience right now. Okay, so
1: <laughs> the title it it very
2: much looks like uh, a guy looking at a uh, a restaurant marquee. It says <laughs> it says the world according to and then in much larger <laughs> more fanciful letters gar-
3: gar- garp, garp.
1: Uh, yeah just garp just a huge italic garp and then we have we speech. have a
2: two tone uh rendition of robin williams who is staring up into, uh, at his font, at this loving at this title he's amazed at it. he he can't get enough of this name garp that's a name uh, and then the text reads robin williams is garp <laughs> The most human being you'll ever meet. Mm. Uh, so and even right the there,
0: tagline tells you nothing about what's happening you
2: nothing. in this movie. It's also placed in a weird place. Does and there's a ton of negative space on this poster, so just like it, it really breathes. Like there's a ton of space here
1: for oh, yeah. you to fill with imagining John Lithgow running across the screen. Yeah, this looks like kind of like I don't know a really early Evite or something. Like it, it yes.
0: looks like. <laughs> Yeah, they're I, inviting you to the movie, The World According to Garp. Yeah. Um, it does mm-hmm. look like they someone was challenged to make a poster with as little poster in it as they as they could. Like they, they brought in some kind of haiku master to just boil it down to the essence of a poster. So, yeah, it, so, so, it looks, it looks could, great.
2: It, it promises that it is based on a novel by John Irving, but you'll have to watch the movie to see if that's true.
0: <laughs> well, so interesting. So you're saying posters be can't be trusted all the time. Not Sometimes always. a poster's trying to trick you.
2: Uh-huh. I feel like quite often horror movies trick me into thinking people are in the movie
0: that are not in the movie. Uh, that's fair. So, but you're <laughs> saying when the credit comes up on screen based on the novel by John Irving, then a huge not might, might come mm-hmm. up right afterwards. Very,
2: quite possibly.
0: Okay. So uh, that's uh, – so uh, that's the world of – there's not much more to say about it other than – Stuart, what uh, – you, again, you only described the poster. You haven't given me much of an argument other than that. Well, uh, uh, John, John, John I have John repeatedly – And then John yes, Lithgow the being in it.
1: Yeah. Again, it's John Lithgow. I know this is a battle. Lo- so you're saying battle, we should John
0: go see the world according yes, to Garp? Yes. Dan, don't help your opponent, because Dan, it's your turn. Why are we why okay. should we not see the world according Wait, to Garp? Wait, am I pronouncing
1: am I pronouncing his name wrong? Uh yeah. He I I've seen him say before a couple times that it's John go, And everyone says Lith Gow, so I don't think Tell to him to come
0: on the podcast. We'll one. talk it out. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out. Also, I should mention we were pronouncing the title wrong. It's actually called The World According to Garp. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> That's why he's laughing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's a silly name for me to have. <laughs> Can you
1: believe it? I mean, this this poster really is selling a lot on just the idea that a man could be named Garp. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? It feels like. Uh, <laughs> so it
0: feels like in the old days when they'd be like, "We made the poster already. Now you have to make the movie. It has to have a snake, a dungeon, and a busty lady in it." And it's like, "We made the poster. We know Rob Williams needs to be in the movie, and he has to be called Garp. Otherwise, we don't know anything about it." John Irving, write a novel that'll fit this poster, uh, okay? Well, he, he's called Garp, right? Yeah, and the world is according to him. Okay, so wh- what does that mean? You figure it out. You're the author of the Cider House Rules. Get out of here. Do your work, and so forth. Uh, <laughs> and 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 uh, and then John Irving goes. I'll have to say a prayer. Owen Meany, please
1: help
3: me do this.
0: I need your help. You mean Simon Birch? <laughs> <laughs> now, why did they call that movie Simon Birch? Dan, you have to tell me why did they call that movie Simon? Birch? I don't Birch? know. I
1: mean, that that's an I believe that's another character in. A prayer for Owen Meany, right?
0: That's the main character's. I believe. Name, I mean, it would but, be weird for them to name the movie after a character from a different story. It is. It if is. If it was co- like it was like we made this movie a prayer for Owen Meany, let's call it Paul Bunyan and Babe His Blue Ox. Does it? It's mean, not helpful.
1: I'll be honest. Neither the title "A Prayer for Owen Meany" nor the title "Simon Birch" is going to get me running to the theater. But of the two of them, Simon Birch is so much more boring. It yeah. tells you nothing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Anyway, like like a certain movie about a warlord of Mars, in which they decided to take <laughs> that part out of the title. <laughs> the cool part. Out. The cool part. It yeah. just name a guy his named. Guy named John Carter. I gotta see this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean Jimmy Carter? I'm confused. I gotta have my questions answered in the movie theater. <laughs> take me to the multiplex. <laughs> and yeah, Jimmy Carter was walking by the theater. And he went, <laughs> "Well, that's, that's not my name. <laughs> let me go. Let me see." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, that, that fellow
1: looks like
2: me they sold armor. To
1: former President Carter. Okay, let me talk a little and bit about
0: when well, he's sitting through the movie and he's like, he's like well, I, I've never been on Mars. This is some other guy. I'm sorry. This, hold <laughs> on. This is my mistake. I apologize, sir.
1: I only like movies that speak directly to my own experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so— Okay. The, the, the scenario is: we're depressed that we can no longer <laughs> whalers. Wait,
0: wait, and then and then and oh. then Jimmy Carter walks outside. and He sees an ad for Planters peanuts with Mister Peanut, and he goes, "They've mm-hmm. learned how to wear clothes and hats. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Soon they'll be coming after me uh, for all my I've crimes. Killed so many
3: of them. Uh, oh, I'm yeah.
0: I've a, a, <laughs> committed peanut genocide. <laughs>
2: Sees a poster for the movie "The House That Jack Built," and he's like, "But my name's Jimmy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do build houses. Yeah, <laughs> Lars von
2: Trier. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, 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 so wait, hold on. We're sad that we can no longer. Kill mm, the Lars whales. von Trier.
0: Looking at my Latin, that means <laughs> Lars von Three R. <laughs> So, so, so we're sad that we can't be whalers. We want to get cheered up. We're going to go see a comedy. The world, according to Garp, it's not giving us much to go off of except for John Lithgow, a man whose name we're probably mispronouncing. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to. So, tell me about this poster for Zapped and then tell me why we should go see it.
1: That's why I wanted to sell Zapped. So, there's these, uh, there's two, these two gentlemen (laughs) leering (laughs) stretch. Yeah, I would call, I guess, what they're (laughs) doing is not very. Gentlemanly. Uh, no, ever, got, if ever
0: I've seen two guys who could be described as blokes or lads, yeah. this seems like it.
1: Yeah. Well, these two lads are Scott Baio and Willie Ames, as the top of the poster says. And they are poking their heads through a window of a classroom and leering. And, uh, you know, uh, Scott Baio seems to be using some sort of Hand power to uh, lift the skirt of a woman. We don't see her face now we uh, because mention, that we would humanize
0: her. We should mention Hold here there's, there's little lightning bolts coming out that represent telekinesis because all of us can use hand power to lift a skirt. One, yes. we choose not to because mm-hmm. it's assault, and two— <laughs> It's just grabbing the skirt and pulling it up. But he's doing it with his mind rather than his hands. Well, we don't know that.
1: We don't know that, Elliot. I'm just going – this is why I was careful about the way I was saying it.
0: Okay, so you're Uh, saying it's possible he might – this is the split second after he flips the skirt up with his hand.
1: (laughs) There's there's something going on with his hand that is causing the (laughs) skirt to go up. And again, as I was saying, uh, the skirt of this woman, we don't see her face. That would humanize her as a person. We see her, her luscious gams. Uh, in high heels and hose, and it says it says zapped exclamation point the comedy that won't let you down. And the tagline is, "They're getting a little behind in their classwork," which is a saucy double entendre. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and now I don't know if you've noticed. At. I don't know if you've noticed the portrait of George Washington on the mm-hmm. classroom roll, which is also leering at this woman with a big smile yeah. on his face, the notoriously pervy and lascivious George Washington.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing fellows uh now we got to remember that this is happening back on the opening weekend so uh as a red-blooded American we uh, hold the the viewpoint that uh non-consensual peeping is hilarious and delightful sexy fun for everyone that oh, was, sure, yeah. was official it was American official American law policy. in 1982 yeah so uh that's the first thing I'm gonna I look look fellas. This is, bit, this is going yeah. to be sexy. So you are
0: going to exploit the fact that our characters in this scenario are on the wrong side of history. With yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Why not? Yeah, this is a this is a contest, yeah, <laughs> I I'm in it to win it. Uh, but the most important thing about this is the comedy that won't let you down. This this is definitely a comedy, True. and it is telling us it won't let us down. And we've been let down and so badly need, today. We've been let down by the, by the loss of our Commission. our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And zapped got an exclamation point behind it. <laughs>
2: That's true. Garp does not.
1: There's no,
0: yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Once That's, again, we've got two taglines that, are, that are, have periods at the end. One of them is a sentence. Robin Williams is Garp that has a subject, an object, and a verb. But the most human being you'll ever meet is not a sentence. It's just no. a description. It's a claw, and it also has a period afterwards. This, this, yeah. ca- this, this uh, Cambridge period that we met on the Fish <laughs> Called Wanda poster. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lastly, the Z is all electrical. Wait uh-huh. a minute. When Zapp also,
0: <laughs> the comedy that won't let you down has a period after it. And the other tagline, when did they stop putting periods after taglines and movie posters? Guys, I think I'm going to have to do a, a, a doctoral thesis do you, on this. Do you yeah. think it
1: has anything to do with texting? Because I used to text with perfect punctuation because I am a writer and a pedant. And like that was what I was used to. And, like, And uh, like a boomer, right? Yeah, I'm a boomer. No, I'm a. <laughs> A, I'm what? a tail end Xer. <laughs> oh, I see. And you are leading edge millennials. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I used to do that, but then I realized that what everyone was saying was right. That when I when you text with a period, it seems sarcastic
0: or yeah, passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just I started admit, in, the 90s, them off. in the nineties, in the nineties, I don't remember movie posters having periods on them after taglines or anything like that. You know, maybe I'm wrong.
3: Yeah. Maybe I've I mean, blocked should- it out.
0: Maybe it's maybe it's like the Fnords, and I've just been brainwashed into not seeing them. And only when I finally, now that I'm seeing these periods at the end of these taglines, I'm going to be able to understand the hidden forces at work in our government, in our capitalist marketplace, yeah. and yeah. in our very souls. I was going to say that they should they should sign
2: off their taglines like I sign off all my text messages with an XOXO. That's girl.
0: <laughs> 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 all right, guys. So we, it's, we've got to keep moving. So I'll say, um, Dan, you were winning me over Dan's but so then, good at this game. But then uh, but then, I started thinking about this John Lithgow, and I'm like, Stuart <laughs> seems so impassioned by this. And you know what? My passion for whaling, I need to find a new channel for it. Maybe it's time I should have a passion for John Lithgow. We're seeing the world according to Garp, everybody. We did it. Stuart, you Yay, did it. Yeah, Garp. No, I garp, like that garp. you're taking the interest in the, Stuart's interest I think the this poster time. is what really did it. I think yeah, the poster the, yeah, the, is the <laughs>
2: true champion.
0: <laughs> the post, yeah, the poster won this one. Okay, everybody. So we're going to take a quick break from the game because we've got some sponsors heading into the halftime. This game is tied two to two. Both Dan and Stuart have convinced me to see two different movies. In this, the 1980s, the greatest of all cinematic decades, I guess. <laughs> and before we go into the next round, let's talk about our sponsors. Hey, look. If you're a long time listener, then you know my stance on cooking. I hate doing it. It takes too much time and I am not good at it. If any of those apply to you, then you should join me in trying the nutritious and delicious products of Soylent, the original food tech company. Soylent is like a whole meal that you can drink with all the energy and nutrients you need to get through the day with all the hassle, cleanup, and waste of time that comes with traditional solid food. It's balanced nutrition from US grown sustainable ingredients. So it's not just good for you, it's good for the earth itself. When you reach for a soylent for your food needs, you're not just saving yourself time and energy. You're being a hero. They should put up a statue to you, a statue where you're holding a big old glass of soylent. Don't waste another moment assembling food and then cleaning up all the crap left behind. Take a brave, bold step into the future of eating because the future of eating is drinking. Drinking Soylent, that is. Go to Soylent.com slash flop and use the code flop, that's F L O P, to get twenty percent off your first order. That's soylent.com slash flop. And the code is flop for twenty percent off your first order. Stuart, I believe you also have a promotional spot.
2: Heck yeah, V Gates. Hello, Junge. This is Stuart uh, <laughs> oh, on the no. Flop House Podcast. Uh, wie gefällt mir meinem podcast? Uh, if you would also like to sound like a cool dude speaking another language, you can do it this summer using Babel or Babel, Baby? Babel. Babel, 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 Babel,
0: not Babel. Your German movie. is so good and your English is so not so good. Yeah,
2: not so good. That's the thing. You, uh, with Babel, you can learn a language. Uh, you could probably even learn your own language if you really needed to. Um, <laughs> so you, this summer you can start speaking a new language with Babel. Babel's quick 10 minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Developed by over 150 expert linguists, Babbel gives you unlimited access to hundreds of award-winning lessons designed for all learners based on level and time commitment. Uh, Babbel is super easy to use. Uh, it's been very convenient and a good way for me to kind of relearn and refresh my, uh, my German, which I had let slip over the years. If you couldn't tell. I know you hear it and you're like, oh man, that's perfect. But it's not. <coughs> I, got, I got to brush up on it. Um, so, Here's a special uh, limited limited time, short time deal for our listeners, listeners of the Flophouse podcast. Get you started right now and get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for us, only for uh, us cool listeners. So you need to head over and use, uh, go over to babbel.com slash flop. So get 55% off babbel.com slash flop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L. D-O-T, well, not D-O-T, you use a dot, yeah, yeah, yeah. slash... Yeah, don't confuse them. Dot com slash flop. Babble.com slash flop.
1: Uh, and we have j j This is for Mariochi from your loving big sister, Melissa. Go for Homer. Happy somewhere between 33rd and 35th birthday. Mario, the coolest uncle in the world. Thank you for not only introducing me to the peaches, but also making the flophouse my first live podcast taping almost 10 years ago. Wow. Guys, please come back to San Francisco. You're the only one I can share Heathcliff, news radio, Max Fun stuff and symphony puns with. I love you tons. That's sweet.
0: That's very sweet. A very, very sweet Jumbotron. If you'd also like to send a message of love, or perhaps a message of spite, but hopefully love through the form of a Jumbotron mm-hmm. on the Flophouse, please go to, was it MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron? Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Send a message the best way this way, because nothing says <laughs> loving like a message on the Flophouse. <laughs>
2: I'm Laura House. And I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And sometimes it feels like the whole world is a dumpster fire. Right? There's too much to worry about. That's why we make Tiny Victories. It's a 15 minute podcast where we celebrate our minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. And listeners call in, like Valerie, who found the perfect gift for her daughter's boyfriend, and Adam, who finally turned his couch cushion the right way.
3: And little happinesses, like how birdsong helps your brain.
1: That's science. So
0: join us in not freaking out for 15 minutes a week. That's Tiny Victories with Annabelle and Laura, Mondays on Maximum Fun. It's a Tiny victory just to make a network
3: promo. Honestly.
0: Are
1: you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand
0: the depth of love you have for your guinea pig. When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person?
1: Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
0: Okay, guys, are you ready for round two of Watch Witch, the only game show brought to you by John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich? Yay! Okay, Stuart, I'm so glad you gave us a little taste of Deutsch uh, (laughs) in your your babble spot because guess what? The date is December 15th, 1989, and we are three citizens of the former German Democratic Republic, more colloquially colloquially referred Mm -hmm. to as East Germany. It's yeah. been only a little more than a month since the fall of the Berlin Wall and we are still drunk on our new Nachtiff freedoms. Not der uh, yeah. Yeah, finally taking the opportunity to travel to the West, which we have fantasized about for so long, eager to learn if it is truly an ally or an opponent, we arrive in the United States of America and decide to sample the free speech expressed through the United States' newly released movies. So as we, I guess we've just checked into our hotel. Now we're going to the movies. Are we going, we have two options. Are we going to see Look Who's Talking To? Or The Wizard, starring Fred Savage. Now, uh, Stuart— Who gets to pick first? Oh, now Dan gets to pick first, because you picked first last time. So, Dan, yeah. are you again, you are a citizen of East Germany. Uh, you are now experiencing Western freedom and democracy for the first time. Are you seeing Look Who's Talking? Should we see Look Who's Talking, too, or The Wizard? Uh, I'll go with The Wizard, Okay, Stu, you've got an uphill battle. Look who's talking to. I will take look who's talking to. I like that you said that as if it was a choice and not just you being left with the thing that was left. Uh, Dan, go first, and uh, will I give extra points for a period-specific accent? Maybe. Uh, Which one is it, Camaradin? What are we seeing?
1: Uh... (laughs) I don't think I can do that. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not playing your little reindeer games.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, so this—it's uh, so this- funny. Rudolph wanted to play mm. the reindeer games, and we wouldn't let him. We want you to play them, and you don't want to. It's like you can't always yeah. get what you want, but sometimes yeah. reindeer gets what he needs. You know. Uh, yeah. So, now, in- d- do you need me to read what? you the text on this on the poster of the wizard, Dan? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I can read it, but it's a little small if you can read it. Okay, the. so it says, <laughs> They're on a cross-country adventure to the world's greatest video championship. But for these three, it's more than a game, dot, dot, dot. It's the chance of a lifetime. And there are periods after both of these, but they are full sentences. So let's not mm-hmm. take any points off for that.
1: Yeah, and okay, so The Wizard is in uh, sort of this block pixel lettering. It's in green on... Uh, a pink background, so it really very pops. detailed
0: description. Very
1: detailed description. It really pops. It's being. Uh, it looks. I'll like mention it's kind-
0: that your experience with video games is non-existent.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so it's got this uh, this one this guy kid and this late lady kid. <laughs> what are they called? Boy <laughs> and a girl holding an- another uh, kid up who has shades and he's got his hands up in a, a triumphant. Demeanor. old um, pose. And uh Fred Savage Savage in bright green across the top. Uh only star to get that kind of treatment. Um and yeah, you've you look got, at the
0: bottom, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater do not get above the title billing. They yeah. are only in the in the credit block at the bottom.
1: And not the and not even uh, not also the soon to be uh indie star uh Jenny Lewis, uh the second lead of the
0: anyway. No um, name on the t- on the poster, yeah. No name at all. Yeah,
1: and things are shooting out of these people. It looks like like uh, a jet plane. Uh, Mario. I'm just saying that for the audience. I know that I don't know that that's Mario. It's just uh,
0: so. What, how uh, would you describe it if you if you're not the if you're if you were you? There's in this a, <laughs> he looks there's,
1: Italian, right? <laughs> there's a man with a- Big goofy grin and a mustache uh wearing uh a bright red hat and uh,
0: overalls shooting out I guess and we're not used to seeing those things smiles or yeah. bright colors where we're from the eastern block
1: yeah, and there are explosions coming out there's like a a, it's a lob a crab uh, <laughs> there's a snake there's a devil guy uh and that's what I want to get into because like this poster, screams, excitement. It's bright colors, it's explosions, it's things shooting out of the back towards you out, you know, wherever you're looking at this poster. Sure, three kids on a on a road, that part is less exciting. <laughs> but one of those kids has a skateboard and another one is wearing shades, so they're pretty cool. Uh and I just think that, you know, this is like water in a desert. For us, uh, we've never seen anything Mm -hmm. like this, and I just want to know what is going on. And it's about a wizard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. Uh, That's, uh, you made a very good, I'm surprised you didn't pull on the theme of uh, people on the road, people traveling, Mm. facing an uncertain future as they Mm. seem to be, because that's all, you know, there's a lot for us to relate to here and to be amazed by and in awe of, but there's another movie coming out on this date of uh, December 15th, 1989, that's Look Who's Talking Too. Stuart, why should we go see Look Who's Talking Too? Tell me about the poster. But again, don't get so wrapped up in describing the poster that you don't tell us why we should watch the movie. Also, because I know there's a lot to talk about here.
2: Oh, uh, it's cool. I, I I feel like you shouldn't uh, restrict my creativity. So uh, <laughs> we have a we have a, a uh, like a white poster that fades to a light blue at the top. Uh, on it, we have two figures that are poking their heads over a title. These figures, small children. One definitely a baby. The other, possibly a baby, wearing <laughs> headphones and sunglasses <laughs> with colors that match their, uh, a, a certain gender bias. So we have a, a what appears to be a young man wearing light blue and a uh, a girl baby. That's what they call them, <laughs> wearing pink. And they are poking yeah, their Hansen's heads over- Jim girl babies, yeah. <laughs> poking their heads over a title that says, <laughs> look who's talking to, spelled T-O-O, that has been hastily underlined. Uh, there's a lot of text on here. Uh, we have a lot of names. John Travolta, Kirstie Alley. Obviously, I would know her from Runaway, right? Is that true? No? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, of
1: course. <clears <clears <throat>
0: course. Featuring, World, worldwide hit. Also you'd, featuring, know, you'd know John Travolta from the movie Perfect, or perhaps, yeah. what, Moment to Moment? <laughs> Was that him also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> featuring the voices of Bruce
2: Willis, Roseanne Barr, and Damon Wayans. And it's coming soon to a theater near you. Now, the text reads- In fact, it's here. hmm Mikey's back. And about to face his greatest challenge, dot, 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 his new baby sister. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why we should be seeing Look Who's Talking To is we are trying to get a read on this country, on America. And I feel like the only way we're going to get that is by listening to them talk about stuff. And this movie promises (laughs) that in spades. Uh not all, and we're also going to learn a little bit about how they raise their children which is really important for us because mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. we need to see what kind of values they're instilling into their children and you know mm. what if we laugh along the way all the better for us you <laughs> know
0: and you could also say you could also not not to step in too much you could also say that these two siblings who have to overcome their differences perhaps and learn to live uh-huh. together like wow. that's us and our fellow Germans or the West that's, Germans who we've been separated from for so long
2: that's very true. In a way, we are Mikey or Mikey's sister who is unnamed on this poster.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that perhaps goes unnamed in the film. We'll never know. Perhaps. Uh, perhaps they're waiting uh, to we will
2: know because we're going to see it because it's you know, the better of the two options.
0: It's possible they're just waiting to see if she survives past a certain age before they gift her with a name. You know. Sure, that makes uh, sense. I don't understand their culture yet. Yeah, American culture is a mystery to us. Well, you've both made some very powerful arguments. Uh, Stuart, that this is a movie that will teach us something very important about this new world that we're entering and this new nation we are now having relationships with. Uh, Dan, uh, that this movie has a bunch of weird shit flying at us, and it's or a shisa, I guess <laughs> we would say. And it's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. overwhelming. It's. I think I'm going to call this one a draw. Stuart, wow. you hit me in the heart and the head. Dan, you hit me in the... Funny Bone God. and the Excitement Bone. Uh, so I'm going to call this a tie. Oh, you both win. We're seeing a double feature of The Wizard and Look Who's Talking To. Now, imagine, I'm, imagine if you are. I'm begging for Dan to hit me in the excitement <laughs> bone and he just won't do it. Won't do it. And what is, now, now my question is. Not what until is, you subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> and what do you think is the what do you think is the upshot of us seeing these two movies, Look Who's Talking To and The Wizard? What is our response to this? Uh, I
1: think that. <laughs> we would have all of the bad we've been taught about the West reinforced. Possibly, <laughs> and we would yeah. Return back
0: home. <laughs> we return back home because they have access to something called a power glove. We, we must work on our military now. <laughs> so, guys, you, you did a great job. You really surprised Thanks. me there with that one. Uh, this next one. So Stuart is gonna we only have two scenarios left. Stuart, uh, you're gonna get to choose which movie, and you'll go first with your argument. So great. The date is August 1st, 1986, and we are a trio of gay nurses attending to the last days of notoriously evil and notoriously closeted lawyer Roy Cohn. We Mm. hate everything Roy Cohn stands for, and we're also (laughs) angry that he's made able to use his connections to get a supply of the experimental new drug AZT. We're also envious that he's a real historical person, and we are merely characters in the play Angels in America by Tony Kushner. Mm -hmm. Knowing that Cohn is already being watched over by the ghost of Ethel Rosenberg, we decide we can leave the hospital briefly to take in a movie, since seeing anyone on the verge of death no matter how sinister still arouses a level of empathy we are unsure of how to handle and what to do with it is beginning to feel as if all the events around us are heading towards some great apotheosis or culmination a sort of Mm -hmm. perestroika of the soul as the millennium approaches so what shall we do as we await this change (laughs) of eras shall we see either howard the duck or friday the 13th part six Jason Lives. So, Stuart, you get to choose first. Uh, we, are, we have been uh, attending to the bedside of a dying villain. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world. Are we seeing Howard the Duck or Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives? Your choice.
2: We are 100% seeing Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Killer be killed, why don't we focus on the positive, Jason Lives? Now, this poster, <laughs> we have a hockey mask silhouetted in the background, backlit, with us, uh, uh, with uh, like a like a light light pouring through the eyes and holes of the mask, uh, we appear to be in a fog-drenched cemetery with uh, iron-wrought bars around the back. Uh, in the foreground, we have the uh, the. Tombstone that just reads "Jason lives." A funny thing to write on a tombstone. (laughs) It's a very (laughs) funny thing. They'll do it though. They'll do it if you pay (laughs) them enough. If you pay them,
0: they'll do it. Yeah, they don't. They don't care. They've got no ethics. Yeah, sure. Legally, I I feel (laughs) like (laughs) they go. I'll make you a tombstone that says you're alive, but it'll cost you something nice.
2: (laughs) Now, what I love about this poster is that it does put into question what is the subtitle and what is the tagline. Yes, yes. Now, if you were to look at this, you would assume the tagline is. Jason lives, maybe, but the subtitle, wait, the tagline is kill or be killed, but the subtitle is Jason lives. And that's the what we need to focus on here is that Jason lives. And you know
0: what? That's, you can tell kill or be killed is the is the tagline because it has a period after it. Kill or be killed, which I can't remember. I can't tell if it's a sentence or not, guys. Is it? It's a command.
1: Uh yeah, no, yeah. It's a if it's a command, yeah. That's a okay. that's a full sentence. So, Stuart, so, sell it to an implied, me. We- there's an implied subject. Uh, well, or, yeah.
2: So, we we are nurses, and while we are overwhelmed with the responsibility and the situation we are in, I think being uh, being surrounded with uh, this fellow named Jason, who seems to be alive. Uh, <laughs> the mean, the title, uh, the title yep. would lead us to believe that, yeah. Um, but then- the movie also promises that there's going to be killing. I mean, we are going to learn all about the human experience here, uh, where we begin, where we end, um, and that there's hope, potentially hope for us after death when we see a tagline like Jason Lives written on a tombstone. So I feel like this would be the best way for us to not, maybe not take our minds off our current task, but maybe help us
0: focus and really put our task into perspective. Wow, mm-hmm. that is that's a strong argument. That's a beautiful argument. I want to thank, thank you, you for that. That is the greatest argument anyone has ever made for seeing Friday the Thirteenth Part Six: Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. Dan, uh, now it's up to you to to defeat him. Tell us why should we not see that movie and instead see Howard the Duck?
1: Well, let me describe what's going on here. We have um, what I one would assume is a duck based on the title. Like we don't see his full face. You know, we don't see a beak. Nobody has some clues.
0: Covered in white feathers, yeah.
1: Yeah, but but this
0: is like no duck that I've seen
1: before, Elliot. This is a duck that is <laughs> sitting in a recliner and smoking a cigar and reading a copy of Rolling Egg in the Rolling Stone font. And on that is, of course, uh, uh, Beverly from the, the film, uh, Leah Thompson. It says, Beverly Sizzles. Uh, so she's big news.
0: I like the other article listed is whatever happened to quack, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be a joke on.
1: It says, yeah,
0: Howard, the duck
1: in, uh, sort of Howard is in sort of super y uh, letters and the duck is in wackier letters. Mm-hmm. And it says more adventure than humanly possible. And at the top, it says trapped in a world he never made. And which genuinely I like that. tagline. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, what's surprising? That's from and now, the the yeah, comic, right? S- stepping outside of this scenario uh, we're in, that is from the comic. The idea that he's tra- he would say tra- that he's trapped in a world never ma- he never made. So I'm kind of amazed that they had the like the knowledge to be like, this is a good tagline. Let's just use yeah. it instead of being like, he'll quack you up, you know, or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's a good tagline.
1: Well, I want to speak to that tagline. I am a little bit uncomfortable in this improv routine. Uh, uh taking on the mantle of a group I'm not a part of uh, nurses which is uh gay men, but um oh i, you are I would nurse. say i would say that you know this this character uh played by uh who played him in the was what jeffrey Wright in the uh HBO, like i think that he would be he'd Find this to speak to him, trapped mean, in a world oh, he the never char- made. The,
0: this nurse, the character from Angels in America. The character of, not- of
1: Angels in America, yes, you know. I thought you meant the character of Howard the Duck, and I'm like, well, he's played by himself. No, no, no. I mean, the idea of being trapped in a world, the, the idea of being an outsider in society. That oh, okay. tagline, I think, particularly at this time, would speak to, uh, to me in this nurse scenario. Also, Beverly Sizzles. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like I like I like glam. I like high glam of, of uh of Leah Thompson here. Uh we got a a a duck
0: in this movie. I mean mm-hmm. I would I would push top back lining
1: that, I, a film. I would push, for the push back on the time. idea that
0: Leah Thompson is high glam. The image is she's clearly more of a punk, you know, she's not wearing she's not she's not That's glamorous in way, you know. Uh, she's got very like teased hair. Like, she's, or it's, she's it's ty- a punk glamour, I guess, but it's not like a diva glamour. Is
1: she, yeah, she. Well, she looks like uh, kind of like Susanna Hoffs is uh, like the, from the Bengals. Okay, of that yeah.
0: Thing. Um, There's something kind of Joan Jetty about her.
1: Yes, yes J- Joan yes.
0: Jetty, of course, is the famous large earthwork uh, artwork mm-hmm. uh, where it's <laughs> a, where it's a it's a stone jetty that looks like Joan Jet. Yeah.
1: Uh, And more adventure than humanly possible, I think that speaks to the sense of striving for something beyond that uh, is embodied in Angels in America, uh, a yearning for something greater.
0: So now now part of your argument is acknowledging that we are characters in a play.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, your your scenario acknowledged it, so I felt like that was fair game.
0: Well, yeah. you know what, guys? Maybe it was just because of it felt like a more novel approach. It felt like Dan was kind of biting Stuart's style on this one. Uh, but I'm going to oh, give Stuart this wow. one. I feel Maybe like. It's
1: just because he went first.
2: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did go first. Uh, and then he and said first. he did it
0: first. He did it best. you so, uh, will be first. You'll be worst.
2: <laughs> we're seeing Friday
0: the 13th, part six. Jason lives and hopefully walking out with a new appreciation of life, death, and everything in between. What a, what mm-hmm. a beautiful. I can only assume when the movie we- is as beautiful as the argument that you made.
2: When we see Jason smack a dude against a tree and in killing him, it also leaves a smiley face imprinted into the tree.
0: (laughs) <laughs> It'll really make us think about our lives. Now yeah. that yeah, let's step outside of the historical context. Stu, I don't remember Jason lives that that well. What is, is, what's it's is it? What's a good one? Yeah, it's a good installment. Okay,
2: it's probably like it's it's one of the sillier ones. Uh, okay, and that's after part five was the
1: one where there's no Jason at all. Is it the one where he like right. the guy like digs him up just to like yep. make sure that he's dead? Yeah, he pees on him and he like, yep. comes back to life. Yeah, because yep.
0: pee brings people <laughs> back to life. Yeah, well, it's
1: it's now like lightning bolt. Lightning
2: hits. Yeah, lightning
0: hits him. it comes <laughs> back to so life. Lightning tough. hits the pee. Yeah.
2: It's very silly. It's not like the... uh, It is one of my favorite Jason resurrection stories, although my favorite, of course, is part seven where he is resurrected because the telekinetic girl is trying to resurrect her dead father who she accidentally drowned uh, and instead resurrects Jason.
0: It's an honest it's mistake. It happens. It's why you got to be more specific. <laughs> People make yeah. that mistake. All right. Uh, we're running long in this episode, so let's just get to this next scenario. It's a quick one, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the last one. So going into it, uh, Stuart has a slight lead, but Whoa. we'll see what happens. And Dan, you've got, Dan, you're Dan. you in the catbird seat. You get to choose which movie we're going to see okay. so, or which movie. You get to choose which of the movies you're going to champion. Yes. So here it is. Quick, easy scenario. The date is October 20th, 1983, and we are Uh William Golding, author of (laughs) Lord of the Flies, The Inheritors, and Darkness Visible. Two weeks ago, we were shocked by the announcement that we would be receiving the Nobel Prize in Literature. Our selection came as quite a surprise, a positive one at first – but less and less so as many commentators noted that it most likely shuts out fellow Englishman Graham Greene from ever receiving the coveted award since it is unlikely the Nobel Committee will return to the British literature well before the 79-year-old Greene passes on. And of course, the Nobel Prize can only be given to living winners. The author of The End of the Affair and The Quiet American has made it clear that he is quite unhappy and word has come to us through intermediaries that Greene is out for our blood. Fleeing, of our ho- fleeing our home, we have been spending our days in ceaseless motion and our nights <laughs> in hiding, for Graham Greene has spies everywhere, and word has spread throughout the criminal haunts of London that he'll pay a pretty penny for the head of William Golding. As the evening sets, we find ourselves in a rough neighborhood, one we begin to feel unsafe in. Wait, uh-huh. is that the sound of footsteps behind us? Quick, duck into the nearest building. Ooh. It's a cinema. Inside, two doors stand before us. Which uh-huh. shall we choose, knowing that yep. if those pursuing us have followed us thus far and mean us ill, this film may be the last thing we ever see. So, gentlemen, that, that was which, a
1: simple scenario.
0: Yes, which movie are we going to see? Is it National Lampoon's Vacation or Class, starring Andrew McCarthy, Rob Lowe, and Jacqueline Bisset? Dan, you get to choose first. Are you choosing National Lampoon's Vacation as the final film for William Golding or Class? Oh boy! Uh, Keep in mind, we are William Golding. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to choose class. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. And so, Stuart, you will be arguing the case of National Lampoon's vacation. Dan, yep. you go first. Why should we? Why, these, let's imagine these posters are on the, are on the doors ahead of yeah. us. Why are we going through the door with the class poster? Tell so, us about okay. it. Okay.
1: First, I will describe um, we have uh, three people sitting on a love seat. Uh, kind of an older, uh, classier love seat. And uh, Rob Lowe is fully dressed uh, to the far left as we face it. Uh, Jacqueline (laughs) Bissett is in kind of a a robe, it looks like, revealing a lot of her cleavage. She's in like a sexy
0: gown. And and Rob Lowe is in a private school uniform. Yes, yes.
1: And Mm -hmm. Andrew McCarthy is fully nude but for the private school tie that he still has around his neck. Mm-hmm.
0: And now I want you to so this is not a paint this is not a photograph. This, this is, is a painting, painting right? Yes. I want you to talk for a moment about the quality of the portraiture in this painting.
2: Uh I would say Andrew McCarthy, Andrew McCarthy immediately is recognizable. The best,
1: yes. Yeah, I immediately was like Jacqueline Besset I don't actually remember what she looks like well enough to speak to, but Rob Lowe it took me a moment to be like that's Rob
0: Lowe. And Andrew McCarthy <laughs> has a real goofy look on his face.
1: Yeah, he mm-hmm. does.
0: Robert Unlike Norman looks like a super wax
1: serious figure of himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so and, and Dan, we, we we only have a few moments. So yeah. may, do we have time to even read the text on the poster? I, mean, I guess we'll have to.
1: I'll just it says the good news is Jonathan is having his first affair. The bad news is she's his roommate's mother class. Uh and you know what? Here's the here, you know, it's a two-pronged argument. True-pronged, those prongs are true. <laughs>
0: Now, and, and <laughs> I'll mention, I'll mention these movies did not come out on the same day in the United States, but they okay. were released the same weekend in England. I, okay, William Golding is on the run from you, yeah, Great you, yeah.
1: your attention to detail. Yeah, um, I on the while on the run, I think William Gold, Golding. Me, I'm taken in by number one, class. Mm-hmm. I like class. <laughs> I'm a classy. <laughs> Nobel guy, Prize
0: winner, sure, yeah. Nobel
1: Prize winner. Number two, private private school. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in England. Uh, they call it public school over there. Makes no sense. But, uh, <laughs>
2: but uh, well, I didn't know Jay Sims me. was on this podcast.
0: And, mm-hmm. he d- and, he, and he did. Yeah, if only he was here to tell us about England. And uh, <laughs> the, it also, he is perhaps one of the uh, greatest chroniclers of the savagery of uh, private school children uh, with his mm. novel, Lord of the Flies. classic true. That's novel, true, Lord of, of the Flies. Yeah. So, this is a real Lord of the Flies situation yes. where instead of becoming and, and, violent towards each other, they have become sexually aggressive towards their mothers, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, and number three, the the last point that goes through my mind is I might die. This looks really horny. And I just need to, before I go, see a real horny movie. <laughs> so
0: so you're, so this is, so Dan is William Golding, Nobel Prize winning author. He's on the run for his life. He says, if I'm going to die, let me die rubbing it out in a theater to, mm-hmm. uh, to a private school student having sex with Jacqueline Bessette, Uh and- I have
1: nothing left to lose.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing left to live. I might as well live my bucket list dream. Uh, okay, Dan, a solid argument for William Golding to go see Class. Stuart, the ball's in your court. Why should he see National Lampoon's Vacation? National
2: Lampoon's <laughs> Vacation. Now, this poster promises untold adventure and excitement. Now, it is, a, it is lusciously painted, mm-hmm. uh, almost fantasy Boris Vallejo backdrop. Uh, center, uh centered is Chevy Chase, ripping out of his shirt, holding up uh, some luggage and brandishing a tennis racket as if it were Excalibur itself. And clinging to his legs are his, uh what
1: we will learn is his daughter and his wife. Uh, I don't think that's correct. <laughs> his no? daughter is not clinging to him that way. I believe the second woman is Christy Brinkley. Oh, that's Christy Brinkley? Yeah. Okay. Back again somehow. <laughs> um. And Beverly D'Angelo,
2: uh, who, uh, were, while they clearly scaled up uh, Chevy Chase's hotness here, I feel like they had to tone down Beverly D'Angelo. She's incredible. Um, okay, so tagline. Every summer, Chevy Chase takes his family on a little trip. This year, he went too far. Now, What I like qu- about this is- The question is-
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes, sir, you continue. Yeah.
2: Chevy Chase plays himself, apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love is they're like- Look, let's not even let's not even waste time with a character <laughs> name. Like, we just call him Chevy Chase. Um, and
2: me, William Golding, I am trying to escape like physically, mm-hmm. literally. Maybe it's time to escape mentally as well and go on a little adventure into this land of Narnia that is National Lampoon's Vacation. All that's right. that's it. I'm trying to escape and also I feel like if my pursuers were going to pick which one I would go into, they would assume I would be go to the highbrow sex comedy, while instead I'll be going to the lowbrow sex comedy
0: to throw them off my scent. Mm. Oh, that's very smart. That's good strategic thinking. But you would think nothing less of William Golding, the man who was able to write a novel about cavemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, guys, this is a— this is a tough decision. you've both made great choice great uh, arguments not great choices I would say no, you both made <laughs> yeah. great arguments in life No, certainly not If this is if uh, to be honest, your arguments were too good because I'll tell you how this scenario plays out Let's choose your own adventure on this one uh, he looks at class and thinks that is the kind of movie I'd like to see a sophisticated movie I can masturbate to right before I die but wait. They would expect that of me. I'll go to National Lampoon's vacation and I will trick my pursuers. He opens the door and unfortunately that split second of indecision gave them just enough time to catch up with him, put his hands behind his back, and they're going to take him to see Da Boss, as they call him, Graham Mm Greene. And yep. so uh, it is oh, a, a tragic end for William Golding. It's uh, the a green
2: the, machine, I, they
0: call him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am going to give that one to uh, to Stuart. Because, no, so I'm going to give that one to Dan. I'm going to give that one to Dan uh, oh. because- Honestly, Dan, uh, I think you got inside William Golding's head even more uh, about what he would would want. I think the minute he saw Andrew McCarthy sitting there naked with a goofy expression on his face and a private school tie, he said, this is the kind of ribald, unsophisticated comedy that I'm in the mood for. Uh, So totaling up the scores, we see that Dan has one, two, three, uh, four, and Stuart has one. Two, three, and four. It's a tie, guys. You Yay! both win. It shows that you are both not just movie experts, but you are also, at heart, just movie lovers. Movie movies. See movies. <laughs> uh, or movie experts? I mean, the way you were talking about class, probably, and zapped. You know what? I see a theme between <laughs> the movies that Dan was choosing champion. Real, real yeah. quick,
2: before, before we sign off, of those... Double features. Which one would you most likely want to see in the theater? Well, should the, I
0: should I go back through them and tell yeah, you what they were again? I think the okay. early ones were good. <laughs> it's, called, it's called heightening. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Die Hard and A Fish Called Wanda. Uh huh. A Jewel okay. of the Nile and a chorus line. The movie. No. Nope. Uh-huh. The Care Bears movie and Police Academy Two. Their first. Ooh, I think assignment. that might be it. That might be it. Zapped or The World According to Garp. Mm-hmm. Look who's talking to or The Wizard. Howard the Duck, or Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, Jason Lives, oh, that one's or really good. National Lampoon's Vacation, or Class. Which double features would you guys want to see?
1: Well, I mean, the one I would genuinely like to see is the first one because those are two movies I actually enjoy. Yeah, those are two good movies. But for <laughs> for like inflicting random b- pain on myself <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I think I would go with care bear we- care bears and please again.
2: Good. <laughs> That's, <a laughs> That's a strong the masochistic showing. side of yourself. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Stuart, what about you? What would you go see?
2: I mean it's tough because in a way, isn't Bobcat Goldthwaite the real Care Bear cousin? true. <laughs> <I'm
0: sure. laughs> well, he's uh, a cat. So yeah, he's an animal,
2: sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's either I mean, it's probably Howard the Duck and Jason Lives,
0: although I've yeah. seen those movies so many times. That was a close one, but I think I'm to go with Jewel of the Nile and A Chorus Line the movie because <laughs> I've honestly never seen either of them. And they, I mean, Chorus Line the movie, I've seen little bits of, but it and it kind of baffles me a little bit. And so, but I'm <laughs> I'm like I can't even imagine what what these movies are gonna be like in a way. I
1: would say that like like as much as I made fun of Jewel of the Nile, like and it's bad, like especially compared to Romance the Stone. There's like fun stuff. In it, even like they they, they both like that and course Line, I think would be both good as very much like snapshots of the types of movies that existed at that time.
0: And now what double feature would you like to see the least of these of these ones? Because I know I'll say for me, it's Zapped in the World According to Garp. Those are two movies that (laughs) just uh, don't seem appealing to me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I I might. Watch one of those individually or- I, I mean, know, there's I certain
0: scenes from one of them that you would watch. <laughs> I
3: just, You'd I just wear mean, out the tape
1: in just those segments, yeah. Right. I think that as a double feature, that would be too much whiplash <laughs> to watch those two <laughs> movies together.
2: No, I think it's the look who's talking to the wizard, mm. I think. I couldn't uh, do it. Yeah. I it. think
1: they'd yeah. be too boring. You'd be so mad. at You're like, the power glove was never that good. It was never that good.
0: Like that's yeah. not how you play Super Mario Brothers Three. Oh mm-hmm. God! Yeah. yeah,
2: you guys, well, you guys know me too well. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, thanks, Dan and Stuart, for playing this game. Thanks, listeners, for listening to this. I know this was a long mini, but I hope you enjoyed the quest we went on. I would like to thank our editor slash producer. Uh, Alex Smith, he's on the internet as Howell Dottie. Uh, Listen to his podcast, Fast Track, where he and a guest make up a song right on the spur of the moment. We did one, and it was a great, fun episode, and I think the song came out really cool. Uh, We are a Maximum Fun podcast. Please check out the other podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And hey, if you got some extra time on your hands and you feel like helping us out a little to get our name out there in the world, if you enjoyed this little trip through movie history, Why not leave a review for us, a positive one thank you, on the podcast app of your choice so that other people can find out about the podcast and Dan and I can continue to pay our bills during this strike. Uh, We appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Do you have any final words before I end this uh, installment?
1: No, this is a fun one, Elliot. Let's do it again sometime.
0: Let's do it again sometime. Let's How about do right Do it again now? sometime. Oh, okay, no! welcome to the Bonus Flop House round. Mini. My name is Elliot Kalen. We're going to play a little fade game. Fade out the audio. <laughs> stop slowly. me before I kill again. So, in this one, we're going to talk about the 1930s. Two movies oh, that came out at the same time in the 1930s. No.
2: Okay, what characters are we playing, Game Master? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maximum Fun,
3: a worker owned network of artist owned shows. Supported directly by by you.